thank you for downloading this podcast from Gaimere Baptist Church. You can find out more about our church at our website, gaimerebaptist.org.au. May God speak to you as you listen. Would you join with me as I pray at the beginning? Father, thank you uh, that you are with us and that that's a true truth and a real reality. And Father, we delight that that is true today. Here in this space, you are present by your spirit. You are speaking to us and you're inviting us into extraordinary realities, things that will transform our minds. And Father, I pray that our hearts and our minds would be ready for those truths this morning. Amen. Well, as Jodine mentioned, we are uh, at the last in our series uh, on the Fruitful Church. And over the last six weeks, we have looked at the markers of fruitful churches, kind of what makes them successful. And hopefully, we've helped to unpack what can be a bit of a loaded term. We've looked at the areas that fruitful churches are focused on, multiplying followers of Jesus, asking the question, are we committed to the generous sowing of seeds and considering the sorts of disciples that we might be nurturing here in this church? Fruitful churches are centered upon following Jesus. Will we become a community that is committed to discipleship, is committed to asking the question and asking others, what is God doing in your life right now? And we've looked at serving others, recognizing that God is calling us to offer all that we've got, all that he has provided us with, to see the abolition of sex slavery, of hunger, of world poverty, to give everything. And we've also considered challenging this consumer mentality, seeking to move beyond how this or that might be benefiting us, to refocusing on how what we do might be making a difference in the lives of others. And last week, Jodine helped us to see that God fast-tracks people to be ambassadors for God, reconciled to God in Jesus Christ. And fruitful churches recognize that this must have an impact on our welcome, on the way that we embrace others into our community. But there's one theme that has stood out throughout this series, one idea which I believe stands at the heart of all we've discussed, all of the things that we have thought through. And it's a question that both Mark and Jodine have repeated throughout the course of this series. And that question is, are we ready? Are we ready? Are we as a church ready for all that God has got planned for us, for all that God might be calling us into. Now, that question of being ready always gets me thinking about my childhood. 6 p.m. on Saturdays were all the same. Dinner on my lap, watching Gladiators on the telly. And if you have no idea what Gladiators was, then I'm sorry, but think indoor sponge-covered assault courses with sort of muscle-bound bodybuilders as sort of human obstacles getting in the way. And before every round, at least in the UK, a Scottish referee 
would shout out these words. Contestants, are you ready? (laughs) And some were, and some clearly weren't. But fairly regularly, after I had finished my dinner, I would start setting up an obstacle course around our house. Most notably, I used to tie a sleeping bag to the banisters and jump off the stairs and swing into the hallway. I was convinced that I was readying myself for my appearance on the gladiators. But I wasn't. And in part because swinging from the banisters on a sleeping bag does not a high-performance athlete make but mainly because I never applied to be on the show. I never really got in the game. And I wonder if we are in danger of not being ready for all that God has for us, all that God is calling us into, because we're doing the wrong sort of training, and perhaps we haven't even really got in the game. But Paul, Silas, and Timothy were ready. In this passage that Dave's read uh, to us from Acts, they were ready to go after God's plans and purposes. Let's take a look at it. This passage kind of caught me off guard a little bit. I don't think I've ever really paid much attention to it, confessions of an associate pastor. And in many ways, it can sort of feel like geographical polyfiller. This narrative glue between Timothy becoming part of the team and then these extraordinary events that we see happen in a prison a little later on in Philippi. But there's something more significant going on here as should come as no surprise when God is involved. And I think this is important for us as a church to see at this time. This crack team of gospel-preaching commandos are off taking this life-transforming invitation to follow Jesus from town to town. They have got good news, and they are not going to keep it in. And because there was no internet, no Twitface or Instaham, they were using good old-fashioned shoe leather to take this message to the world. They've traveled throughout the regions of Phrygia and Galatia, roughly located on the map behind me. The regions are written in white and the cities in black. And they'd been kept from entering into Asia. They'd hit the border of Mycenae, tried to get into Bithynia, but again, nope. And then they'd ultimately started heading down towards Troas. But it's not border control that prevented their access. It's not a war zone that seemed sensible for this team to avoid at this time. It was the Holy Spirit who prevented them from entering into these places. Here, the Holy Spirit is almost like the sat-nav. There's no written plan for Paul and his chums to refer to. No committee-produced map like we've got here, carefully considered and charted. No comprehensive statistical data for them to make a truly informed decision about which cities are most open to spiritual thought. Nope. This team are responding to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of Jesus who has guided their steps. They are being led by the Holy Spirit, and they are being led by the Holy Spirit 
because they are, being, they are open to being led by the Holy Spirit. And what is totally wild about this tiny passage that at first felt so inconsequential is that because Paul and his team were open to the leading of the Holy Spirit, they moved beyond the logical decision to enter Bithynia and to preach in Nicaea, which we later discover is a central location for the shaping of our Christian faith. You may have heard of the Nicene Creed. Or Troas. This was a major port. This was a Roman communications hub. It would have made sense to take this fledgling message of the gospel to this place, to invest here and spend time here. They stepped beyond their plans and their own good intentions to take the truth of Jesus to an entirely new continent. This is a pivotal time in our story of faith because this is the first time that the gospel really entered into Europe and ultimately we stand on the back of this event. Our faith is built upon this. Paul, Silas, and Timothy were led into a far richer, far more wild and extravagant, far more fulfilling future following Jesus, not without trouble, and not only crossing, but breaking down geopolitical barriers. They had a plan, but they were willing to have that disrupted by God's Holy Spirit. They held lightly enough to their best intentions that God could move them, move them into what he had planned for them. And in this instance, they were moved by compassion through this vision of this man from Macedonia. And they didn't spend years debating whether this was truly a way that God might communicate with human beings. They saw and they discerned this together. That's the we and us bit in verse 10. And the next day, they obediently walked this out. They obediently followed the direction and leading of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is inviting us, you and I, to be this kind of church. To get in the game. Because fruitful churches, ones that see God at work in their midst in extraordinary ways, are willing to go where the Holy Spirit says go. We are willing to listen, to be directed by the Holy Spirit, to be moved, shaped, influenced by the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Now, it has been said that the heart of the human problem is the problem of the human heart. And I think there's real truth in this. I think the Bible speaks into this reality. It shapes this truth. But I wonder if, whilst God is at work changing our hearts, that our heads don't also get in the way. That when faced with a decision of what to do, we fall back often on what seems logical, 
understandable, practical, rational. And then we boldly charge ahead with the plans based upon our own reasoning, without giving space or the opportunity to be influenced by God's Holy Spirit, to be led into Macedonia. To this mindset, Proverbs 3 holds out this challenging wisdom to us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And I suspect that for many of us, and myself included in this, behind our head problem is the sinful desire of control. And this has been at work in humanity since the Garden of Eden. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a firm believer that this life following Jesus is not an act of intellectual suicide. We don't throw out the baby of wisdom with the bathwater of control, only to be directed purely by an ecstatic feeling. Proverbs again reminds us that the prudent give thought to their steps, And reading, wrestling with, and praying through the Bible is still the primary way for us to know more of this Jesus who invites us into life. But who has known the mind of the Lord? As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 2, only those who have the Spirit of God can know the mind of God. God's plans for what we as a church are called into, into this specific part of Sydney. Those that God is inviting us to pray for and to interact with. Where we might be being called by God to plant a church. What ministries we here at GBC are being called to invest our time and our resources and our energy into are not spelled out in the Bible. And they are not all found in our understanding. The only way we are going to come close to knowing the richness of the plans and purposes that God has for us, the only way we are going to be truly ready for all that God wants to use us for, is if we, like Paul and Pals, are willing to be led and directed by the Holy Spirit. To get into the game. To truly enter into the plans and purposes that God has for us. To be ready. We've got to prepare. And we've got to train. But I wonder if, like me, jumping off the stairs and narrowly avoiding my parents' precious hallway furniture, we've been doing the wrong sort of training. We've been locked in a pattern of thought that we thought worked, but it's actually not helping us to be truly ready for all that God is inviting us into. Our family friend, Dan, trains custom officers, customs officers who might be entering into dangerous situations. And he uses this story as he is speaking and training his students. He tells the story 
of a US police officer who tirelessly practiced the skill of disarming armed combatants. He repeatedly and successfully rehearsed taking a gun off his wife, off his friends, off his training partners, before returning the gun back to them to practice again. But unfortunately, this repeated practice got him in trouble when he was faced with an armed thief in a corner store. Because after successfully disarming this armed combatant, he gave him back the gun. <laughs> Thankfully, his partner was there to cover the situation. But what the police officer neglected, the training of what to do once he had the gun, nearly stopped him from actually carrying out his purpose as a police officer ever again. And when we rely solely on our minds, when we rely solely on our own intelligence, on what we value so highly up here, our reasoning, we are training ourselves to neglect the Holy Spirit. And we are in danger of missing all that God has for us, his plans and purposes for our lives. But this pattern can stop. When we repent, when we ask God for forgiveness, for going our own way, we open ourselves to once more hear again from God. We invite the Holy Spirit to guide us, to lead us. We are inviting the wisdom of God to shape us, to change us, to move us into his plans and his intentions, to protect us from missing out on all that God is inviting us into so that we are ready we are in the game, ready even perhaps to take the gospel to Macedonia. So how do we invite the Holy Spirit to guide us? Thankfully, I believe the answer is fairly simple. Perhaps not easy, worthwhile things rarely are. But we have to practice listening to the Holy Spirit. And that is simply to pray and ask God, invite him to speak to us. And then we wait, we wait upon the Lord. And we might pray and do this together. Paul, Silas, and Timothy did this. They collectively discerned the voice of God together. But they were open, listening to what God was saying to them, directing them moving them, shaping their journey. And direction for Paul came in the form of a vision of this man from Macedonia. And I genuinely believe that God may choose to speak to us in that way today. But sometimes the Holy Spirit speaks to us in other ways. Sometimes by placing a thought in our mind. Sometimes a picture Sometimes a verse of scripture. Sometimes through the wise counsel of friends. And we can weigh and test what God is saying to us. Because the Holy Spirit will never contradict scripture. 
But the way we get better at listening to and being led by the Holy Spirit is to practice listening to and being led by the Holy Spirit so that we get ready for all that God has for us. And I wonder if God is calling us, inviting us into this practice today to make some space to listen. The worship team are going to come and join me on the platform now. And in a moment, I'm going to invite us all to stand, and then I will invite the prayer team to come and take their usual spots at the front of the platform. And then I'm simply going to pray that God would speak to us by his Holy Spirit, that he would lead us. And if you are keen to make space for the Holy Spirit to speak to you, to lead you once more, perhaps for the first time or maybe for the 1,001st time, I'm going to invite you to make a symbolic step to come down the front and to stand in this space here and to pray, simply to pray. And this is a symbolic step of saying yes to God, saying yes to listening again to the Holy Spirit, to relying on him. And you may want to pray with one of the prayer team who will be standing here. Please do just come and wait near them. Wait till one of them is available, and they would love to pray with you. Or you might just want to stand here and to pray, reflect yourself on all that God is inviting you into and the way that he desires to speak with you. God wants to speak to us, to lead us that we might be led by his Holy Spirit, led into all that he has for us, both individually and as a church, so that we might be ready 